there's a lot to be said in this book let's begin immediately to a reader of this new translation as the book was first written in french a young feminist perhaps for whom the very title may seem as quaint as a pair of bloomers I would suggest that the best way to appreciate the second sex is to read it in the spirit it was written, as a deep and urgent personal meditation on a true hope that, as she will probably discover, is still elusive to many of us, to become in every sense one own, one's own woman. Thurman. What does becoming one's own woman mean? He had once told her that she had, she had a man's intelligence and there is no evidence that he changed his mind about the patronizing slight that she too accepted as a compliment until she began to consider what it implied. It implied, she would write, that humanity is male and man defines woman, not in herself, but in relation to himself, and by all the qualities she is presumed to lack. Her twinship with the satyr was an illusion. The second sex has been called a feminist bible, an epithet bound to discourage impious readers weary of a sacred te- text and a personality cult. Beauvoir herself was as devout an atheist as she had once been a Catholic, and she dismisses religions even when they worship a goddess as the inventions of men who perpetuate their dominion. The analogy is fitting and not only to the grandeur of a book that was the first of its kind but also to its structure. Beauvoir begins a narrative like the author of Genesis with a fall into knowledge. The two volumes, let's stop there. It's not necessary. I wanted to point out um, that that you know when people compare you I, I, as a woman, well I've gotten that before just was it this month i think it was this month where i was talking to my friend on the phone um and he said um oh i was trying to he just got married so he was trying to say you know women now that's what he said he said you know women now she has mood swings and you ask her what happened and she'll say no nothing happened and he was trying to say that all women act like that and i was trying to say no nah, man i'm not like that like i don't have crazy ass mood swings and if i have crazy ass mood swings like if i have a mood swing i will probably tell you what is confusing me because my mood swings always come with confusion like i'm either confused about something and i have to go and talk to god or it's just self-awareness when you are when you're moody you know when you're moody and you understand the effects of your mood on other on people around you so it's not a woman thing per se it's a it's a maturity thing okay so um but when i said that i'm i'm not like that i don't operate like that i wasn't even saying um i was saying that to say that not all women are like that i couldn't tell him that it was a maturity thing you know he just got married um then he said i that um that you know you are different now you are you are like a man that is that was born as a woman I'm just like I just laughed. <laughs> that wasn't a compliment. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't a compliment. But I couldn't tell him that because we don't um we speak to each other and he has been my friend since university. We've not been particularly close, but it's one of those people who like talking to talk talking to me and in at some point I just like people who like me back. I don't mind. As long as you trouble me to call you and it's from a good place, I will call you. We'll talk. We'll be friends. But what we differ a little bit um, on about our thoughts. I didn't like that. But I also, it wasn't the type of person I could tell that. Weren't that close for me to tell him that. Mm, you might think that's a compliment, but that's not really a compliment. Okay? It's not a compliment. I can be smart. Women can be smart. I don't know if he I don't know if, if he meant that I was smart self. I couldn't even understand the compliment. Does it mean that I was smart? I don't know. I, I don't know. What does it mean to be born a man? I have no I, I don't actually. It's a question I've not been able to answer. You know. 
Like, what makes you more special than me? I have not, not quite seen it. On a physical level, I have not seen it. Even on a spiritual level, you are no more special than I am. You are just, um, especially if I'm your wife, I'm like, you are the head, you know, the way. I just understood that, guys. I struggle with, um, you know, that part of the Bible where men are the, I think I've always just avoided it and just thought that Paul, Paul, you misogynistic man. But today, I somehow got closure. I had to pray because it's involves changing my mind, like transforming my mind. And for me to be able to do that, I was so confused today. I couldn't even finish this book because I spent two hours going to YouTube to go and watch um, opinions of people and preachings from people and... Most people were largely speaking from their from their experiences and that was even the wrong place to go. So I went looking in the Bible and to be honest, I was just shilly shallying with the Bible, like I didn't get it. But at one point I had peace, but then I lost the peace again when I went to another part of the Bible. But then before I started this podcast, I listened to um a preaching by Apostle Joshua Selman. He was talking about sonship. He had, had nothing to do with feminism. But he was talking about sonship. And I picked that sonship part because I'm trying to understand the wisdom and power that is in that we have, that is in Christ, and then that is invested in us. So, but I ended up understanding a little bit of the position that you have to, or the posture that you have to assume spiritually when you are a son and you truly truly love your father like you know we are adopted sons and when we love god there's a posture that we ought to assume so that god's power and god's wisdom can be manifested through us so i've changed this into a spiritual any moment you all are welcome so if you're a feminist listen to this you're a christian feminist okay i mean when we start to read other books of feminism we don't suppress we don't support oppression in no way do we support oppression of any of any group. We don't su- support oppression of homosexuality. We don't support when, you know, they were being kicked around and bullied and they pressed somebody's um, balls until it went up. I don't even understand that. We don't support any of that. We don't do violence. That's not who we are. We support justice. But we don't support things that compromise our truth. That's the truth of God's words. That's not who we are either. So we don't support the oppression of women. We don't su- we don't support that. Okay, we should be paid differently on top. As in, <laughs> that that is not that makes no sense. For the same amount of work, like zero, um, in things like that, and in in God, we are equal because we both came from God. We're equal in that sense. But when it comes to like the spiritual leading, that part finally made sense to me. And it only, it's not as if it made sense to me, let me tell you, because my mind was still a bit stubborn because I'm still trying to think like, what is this guy? What is special about you? What makes you better than me? Nothing, actually. Let's just put it there. Absolutely nothing. You are not better than I am. I'm not better than you. I have a lot of forgiving to, to, I have to forgive you and your sex for like a whole lot of things. You have to forgive me and my sex for a whole lot of things. So many things that I'm just pissed at about i have to keep praying obviously today is tuesday oh, by the time we are done with this week we'll be done we will not resent um men in jesus name amen so i had to pray okay the only part the only reason why i got that was because in that same verse where paul says that the man is the head is it yeah the man is the head of the woman um and jesus god is the head of jesus i don't know if it's head that he used or something about but at the end of the day what you learn is that jesus submitted himself to the father looking at it now he's equal to the father he's one with the father but at no point on his walk here on earth did he call himself the father he called himself the son he said i and my father are one so we are like one we are equal in all things but he did not call himself father he did not take the position of god and he submitted himself to god and because he submitted himself to god god highly exalted him so it's fine 
like it does not make any sense to me oh like zero sense that i have to submit myself to some maybe um yeah that i have to submit myself to a man like i have to assume that posture that posture of anything you say bro like you give your input because you are not foolish and if you are in a good relationship you should be willing to hear from you but like you submit yourself to god the way christ gave himself totally like this is me use me with i don't know what you're doing but come on let's go things like that i have to keep praying about it to get more understanding to get more wisdom and it's something i'm going to keep doing because i think and the more i pray about it the more it's revealed to me that there's still some things in my heart that i say i have to get rid of so that god's kingdom can come in my life in on this particular subject but jesus did it guys guys if you're a feminist and you're finding this difficult to accept so did i and now i go but jesus did it jesus did it jesus did it (laughs) anything that jesus does it, it, it takes away the pressure of thinking that i'm thinking less of myself or i'm being less of myself or what is the point of this it it immediately takes the way i didn't understand that until i heard that preaching on sonship like the way jesus submitted himself to the father and there's also rewards in submitting yourself to the father but now as women we have a choice you know you have a choice to pick the person you're going to submit to to pick the person that you know you're like equal you're like fine but you have to give yourself to you know the person that you have to give yourself to in everything so jesus submission to the father you know the father was worthy of that submission i mean jesus is our king and is the person submitted to is you do is dope (laughs) so let the person you submit to also be dope God bless you with that understanding and wisdom to make your choice. And it's not as hard as you think. Go ahead, date, figure out people, learn, enjoy yourself. You know, but don't hold resentment in your heart. A lot of these books um, give us a lot of startling. I'm going to read a lot of misogynistic things, guys. Try not to get angry because if maybe I should talk to myself. I should try not to get angry because it can be really annoying. Like the way they think about you and the way they ah, what's he what's I'm not speak Europe. <laughs> um, this book is really long. So here they say the stamina that it takes to read the second sex in its entirety pales before the feat of writing it. Like this woman wrote all these things, and she didn't particularly repeat herself. She was trying to be. She was just thinking and writing and thinking and writing. And she wasn't repeating herself, and the book is really long so i can't help but applaud her for intelligence to be honest now let's see just what that intelligence is was according to the word of god because that's what we do bring everything under the authority of the christ um okay i hesitated a long time before writing a book on woman the subject is irritating, especially for women, and it's not new. Enough ink has flowed over the quarrel about feminism. It is now almost over. Let's not talk about it anymore. Yes, it's still being talked about, and the volumes of idiocy um, churned out over this past century do not seem to have clarified the problem. Besides, is there a problem? And what is it? Are there even women? True. The theory of eternal feminine still has its followers they whisper even in russia women are still very much women but other well-informed people and also at times those same ones lament woman is losing herself woman is lost it is hard to know any longer if women still exist if they will always exist if there should be women at all what place they hold in the world and what place they should hold where are the women asked a short-lived magazine recently but first what is a woman she is a womb some say yet speaking of certain women the experts proclaim they are not women even though they have a uterus like the others everyone agrees 
they are females in the human species today as in the as in the past they make up about half of humanity and yet we are told that femininity is in jeopardy we are we are urged we are urged to be women stay women become women so not every female human being is necessarily a woman she must take part in this mysterious and engendered reality known as femininity is femininity secreted by the ovaries is it enshrined in the platonic heaven is it freely petticoats enough to bring it down to earth is it freely is it freely or freely freely petticoats enough to bring it down to earth we used to wear petticoats in secondary school just inner underwear but quite long almost like a gown and ours was white i'm sure other petticoats look look prettier but ours was just white and if they want to check if we're clean they will ask us to um look at the m like turn it inside out and look at the m of the the bottom m to see if it's dirty or like if there's that line of death that means you have worn it for like two three days and Everybody calls you dirty. Although some women, Catholic boarding school, that's what's up. Although some women zealously strive to embody it, the model has never been patented. It is typically described in vague and simmering terms, borrowed by a clairvoyance vocabulary. Okay, so there's a lot there. She's asking what is woman and does it even exist? What is that? Tell us what is it. That's what she tries to figure out here. Let's move on. Um, somebody writes, Woman, the relative being. Um, Monsieur Penda declares in Le Report de Urel, it's not English, a man's body has meaning by itself, disregarding the body of a woman, whereas the woman's body seems devoid of meaning without reference to the male man thinks himself without man thinks himself without woman woman does not think herself without man and she is nothing other than what man decides she is thus called the sex meaning that the male sees her essentially as a sexed being for him she is sex so she is in the absolute she is determined and differentiated in relation to man why he is not in relation to her she is the inessential in the front of the essential. He is the subject. He is the absolute. She is the other. The category of other is as original as consciousness itself. Like other, like the other thing you were doing. The duality between self and other can be found in the most primitive societies, in the most ancient mythologies. This division did not always fall into the category of the division of the sexes it was not based on any empirical given it was not based on any empirical given this comes out in works like granite on chinese thoughts gemezi on, on india and rome in couples such as varuna mitra Zeus, zone moon day night no feminine element is involved at the outset neither is good evil auspicious and inauspicious um, left and right, God and Lucifer. Alterity is the fundamental category of human thoughts. No group ever defines itself as one without immediately setting out, setting up the other opposite itself. It only takes three travelers brought together by chance in the same train compartment for the rest of the travelers to become vaguely hostile others. Village will view anyone not belonging to the village as suspicious others. For the native of a country, where country inhabitants of other countries viewed as foreigners, Jews are the others. For anti-Semites, black for racist Americans, indigenous people for colonial colonists, proletariat for the propertied classes. After studying the diverse forms of primitive society in depth, Levi Strauss could conclude the passage from the state of nature to the state of culture is defined by man's ability to think biological relations as systems of oppositions, duality, alternations, oppositions, and 
symmetry, whether occurring in defined or less clear form, are not so much phenomena to explain as fundamental and immediate given of social reality. This phenomenon could not be understood if human reality were solely a mid-scene that's based on solidarity and friendship. On the contrary, they become clear if following Hegel, a fundamental hostility to any other consciousness is found in consciousness itself. The subject posits itself only in opposition. It asserts itself as essential and sets up the other as inessential as the object. Let me just say, let me just say, I'm going to use God for everything inside this. Let me just tell you now. And we should, we should have gotten used to me by now. Oh, it's just me repeating it because I think I'm just understanding what my mission is, what my purpose is with all these books that I read. And the more I repeat it, the more it becomes real to me. So what do I do? I read books and judge them using the standard of the Bible, the standard of God. Yay, that's what I do. I'm quite proud of myself. So what am I about to say here? God is the principle here. So I said that Jesus submitted to God, right? He but Jesus is not the other. You know, like it's it's not the other do you think Jesus ever felt inadequate or op, not oppressed? Oppress is different. Do you think he ever felt inadequate or felt like he was just a side character to to God? Like it was just um, God was the male lead or the lead and he was just the supporting character. Do you think so? Nope. Never happened. So, first, one thing here is, as a woman, you shouldn't feel intimidated into thinking that you are just the other. You exist in and of yourself very complete with the help of God you know because of God so she's not lying about the parts where there's man then there's woman and we are usually often defined in our relation to man like in the fact that um, when you say man you have to think of woman as the opposite you know opposition she's not wrong about that she's quite true but she's wrong about you know those feelings of inadequacy or every culture treating you as awful she's but she's right about how things always come in binaries so one is always good and one is always bad and people always look at you like even if it's not bad the the law of binary always just makes you look like one is good and one is bad (laughs) (laughs) excuse me but it's not true in this case (sighs) or one is lesser than the other it's not true in this case either not true not true at all it's a very spiritual thing for you to be equal but for you to be able to submit yourself do you get like how can you be equal and submit yourself how can you do both <laughs> such a powerful thing this will see me submitting myself you see me doing it see me doing it i feel very i feel confident i don't feel like it has completely sunk in yet but i can feel it sinking in some more but I know that it is the truth and I'm proud of the fact that I'm able to humble myself enough to admit it and not necessarily like because it's a man but because solely because Jesus did it and I'm glad that I'm looking to Jesus for like everything and I'm just doing what he, what he is doing like um, the Bible even says like Jesus himself says like um, he doesn't do anything his father doesn't do that's loosely paraphrasing like i do everything my father does the, the son doesn't do anything he hasn't seen his father do so if jesus can do it ah. <laughs> who i be 
Is it man? Please don't bring bring the man. What is that? <laughs> um Okay, I have stressed this example because of its disarming masculine naivete. Hold on. We might have skipped something. Maybe not. Let's proceed. Men profit in many other more subtle ways from women's authority. For all this suffering from an inferiority complex. Exactly. That was the concept I was looking for. It, it creates that inferiority complex. Oh my God. I've been dealing with that. I know I'm not dealing with that per se because I never walk into any place and feel inferior to a man. It just... It's just, it has just never happened. That's not how my parents raised me. But I say that respectfully. I just mean I've never felt that way before. My dad took care of my like, or go to school and come back in and we teach me maths. Teach me maths. I was in primary school and teach me maths. Secondary school maths. So when I was secondary school, I was killing it in mathematics class. And he never like, and he had two girls first. And you know, in my culture, they were already like, um, you don't have a male child. And my dad was first born of his first son of his family again, and it's a huge family. So they were already talking shit about my dad. And I was second child, a girl. And he still raised me correctly, you know. He had time to like train me. And my parents pushed me. They encouraged my reading. They, they made sure that. Nobody ever, the only thing they used to really scream about is the cooking part because I just never, I don't know. When I have too many things on my mind, I I burn food, <laughs> but I can cook. But when I do have many things on my mind, I'm very scattered, very scattered when I'm very preoccupied. Um, But I'm a great cook. My mom doesn't think so. My mom is a quiet bomb. If you're a Nigerian... I hope you know what that means. Everybody thinks I can cook except my mom. Let's just know if sometimes she thinks I can cook. Sometimes she thinks I can cook. And I understand. Sometimes I cook, sometimes I don't. Um what were you saying? The inferiority complex thing. Uh I used to wonder like I used to wonder if it was inferiority complex because I later on in NYC spent some time with a group of girls. And guys, you know, it was in a Catholic um, place. Like, I stayed with... In a family house. That's what they call it during NYC. You stay in a family house. And... I've just seen it in some places where women defer authority to, like, the men. Do they understand that in this physical realm, like, you're my friend. You're not my husband. <laughs> like, you're my friend, my dear. You know, we're mates. Even my husband self, like the the the, you know, deferring authority to him is a spiritual thing, and it shows in me submitting myself to him. And I have no idea how that plays out in marriage because I'm, I'm I'm not married, but I know that you just have to prepare to like. You know, let your man do some things, but depending on the type of man that you have you know, your life will be easy if you have a man who loves God and loves you, you know. <laughs> so, there's that part. It's not even as difficult as it is because, well, I don't know anything about marriage. Don't ask me. I'm just living living with God and submitting myself to what God says. And I don't know if the demands of a man is greater than the demands that God places on his children. I have no idea. So, um, inferiority complex Sometimes they differ in conversations. We are supposed to play. We are kids. We are kids. Up until the point where you get married and you become a wife. Like, the Bible even starts to define wife in some very crazy, out there type of way. But as long as you are a woman and you all are friends, like, you all are going to the same church doing things. Better, you know, be smart and play with your people and make jokes and tease them. But be respectful of everybody. And then I I have a question there that I probably have to go and ask God. Is it every man that is the head of a woman or it is the husband? 
that's the end of the woman <laughs> because um I, I need to know what that, that was up with that so inferiority complex this is a miraculous lineament no one is more arrogant towards women more aggressive or more disdainful than a man anxious about his own virility yep those who are not threatened by their fellow men are far more likely to recognize woman as a counterpart but even for them the myth of of the woman of the other remains precious for many reasons um yeah women are usually at both of these things let's just let's let's be clear about some things especially throughout history until you know liberation came and met us and helped us see that we don't have to be bullied by these men that don't even respect god they don't respect themselves they will now come up disrespecting us on top of it so this man when you watch your man look if your man is intimidated by other men i don't mean that he lacks respect to they should be just watch his watch his relationships with people that are greater than he is if he's so subservient you have a problem if it is respectful okay your man is in the clear then i don't think anybody has to tell you that he, he, you should watch his relationship with children watch his relationship with people that are lower than him and then watch his relationship with people that are in his in his circle or people that are around his age that are probably maybe greater or anything any if 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 it gives you that sense of I don't really know who I am or it gives you that sense of I'm a bit intimidated by this guy. <laughs> my dear, my dear, who is he going to, guess who's going to take it out on? Especially if he's not very self aware. Who is he going to take it out on? When he comes back and he has been feeling intimidated all day and then he comes back to the house and there you are looking like a woman looking you know skinny and weak you might just be even looking big just looking like a woman like softer features smaller body smaller than is at least maybe you're bigger you just look like a woman you don't have all the muscles that can you know do all those things but guess it's gonna take that on Hmm. it's a scary world out there <laughs> when i was <laughs> when i was thinking about it today i was thinking wow okay so they really women really have to submit to men so i've been fighting it for a while so when i discovered today i'm thinking women really have to submit to men they are trashy men out there like really trashy men out there and these women are submitting to these men are you kidding me <laughs> you can't be serious that's what I was thinking. The good thing is, I don't know trashy men in Jesus' name, amen. Ooh. <laughs> that's my confession, though. I don't want to know if you're trashy. Please find your way out of my life. Um. I'm not going to read that. Ooh, 30 minutes already. I've not even gone halfway. Okay. We're going to the biological data. Woman, very simple. Say those who like simple answers. She's a womb and ovary. She is female. This word is enough to define her. Far from it. Another thing I thought of was, you know, you are not just a woman in relation to a man. Like, the in relation to a man is usually biological difference. Like, um, you have a womb, you do this, you do that. Physically, physically, by the way, you do this, you do that. You have boobs that can breastfeed, and your features are maybe softer depending on your genes and where you come from. Um, so biological things, physical things, things that we can't see. Then. 
that's just one thing that's just one way to define you as a woman I've, I've last week i was struggling with that like what makes us women now like what makes men men and what makes women women so that's one thing yes it's a way to define you in relation in your relation to a man that, but that's just one way and it's a biological way basically but then we can define you the way god sees you as his child first first of all before you start even looking at what you look like in the mirror baby girl do you know you're god's child do you know what being god's child is do you understand the concept before you start looking at your boobs do you know that is first of all because when men um anytime some a man looks at you and only sees um you in relation to him um it means he only sees you as a sex thing a thing for sex that was a hard truth for me to swallow today it wasn't a hard truth it was it's just something that i could finally identify after always feeling like like feeling like running away when somebody just looks at you like oh please don't look at me like that what did i do am i not dressed appropriately what's going on you're making me feel very weird stop looking at me that's how it is and i don't mean like we are flirting and you know should i say that we're flirting now it's like a christian thing <laughs> like you're having fun and it's playful banter it's flirty and and it's nice because it's more than just you looking at my body and wanting me it's more about how we're communicating and how smart enough that we're able to um understand eye contact we're able to um understand body gestures we're able to use our mouth to say some things and then you are able then you are able to get it like it's more than that it's more about your smartness and then you recognize that i'm not just body i'm also smart so when somebody sees you for just in relation to them it's just usually sex that's why people just come and be like what do you bring to the table apart from sex if you can't see what i bring to the table like you can't discern what i bring to the table then you're not my man no hate but somebody who loves you the bible says when we value something we when we don't value something we hate it <laughs> i don't remember um the part of the bible it's in my journal i was meditating and I, it, there was no middle ground to get it it didn't say if you don't value something um maybe you don't like it you know you just don't value it it says if you don't value something you hate it you hate it it's not even a matter of love you hate something that you don't value <laughs> i had to pray like help me value the things that i claim to love because all my love is just trash if i don't see their value in my life like they must have a function why do i value them why so if the person is easy for sex it's just that one thing and every human being has multiple needs it's not just sex that's why they are just done when they finish having sex and they're just like i'm done with that now what else do you what else can you offer and only men who are blind to your words will ask you dumbass questions like that don't put yourself in a position like that if somebody asks a question like that, leave them for like, if you like them and, you know, they are actually sensible, they are not foolish, they just, they, they made a mistake with that statement. Leave them for like, how long, how long it takes for it to actually occur to them that you have value. Don't answer that question. In no, in no, under no circumstance should you answer that question. Don't answer that question. Leave them live their lives maybe a little absence will help them organize their thoughts or figure out what your value is and if they can't figure it my baby you don't need to be there to be honest it's going to hurt you're going to cry it's going to hurt like a bitch you're going to cry your eyes out <laughs> but you're gonna be fine you are going to be fine from a man's mouth the epithet female sounds like an insult but he not ashamed of of his animality is proud to hear is a male the term female is pejorative not because it roots women 
not because it rules woman in nature, but because it confines her in her sex. And if this sex, even in an innocent animal, seems despicable and an enemy to man, it's obviously because of this disquieting hostility woman triggers in him. Nevertheless, he wants to find a justification in biology for this feeling. The word female evokes a band of images. An animal's round egg, snatching and castrating the agile um, sperm. Monstrous and stuff. The queen termites reign over the several males. The praying mantis and the spider gorged on love, crushing their partners and gulping them up. The dog in heat running through back alleys, leaving perverse smells in her wake. The monkey showing herself off brazenly, sneaking away with flirtatious hypocrisy. And the most splendid wild cat, tigress, um, tigress, lioness, and panther lie down slavishly under the male's imperial embrace, impatient, shrewd, stupid, insensitive, lewd, fierce, and humiliated. Man projects all female, females at once, also woman, and the fact is that she is a f- female, and if one wants to stop thinking in common places, two questions arise. What does the female represent in the animal kingdom, and what unique kind of woman, what unique kind of female is realized in woman? Okay. She wants to take us to the animal kingdom. Okay. Mm, I wrote a note. The note I wrote in moving to be seen. Oh, oh. This was more about feminism. In moving to be seen as something more than in relation to a man, um, you fail to define what you want to be seen as. You know? You fail to claim your power. You complain, but you don't claim your power. And you do have power. You have the power to work out. You have the power to be what God wants you to be. You have the power to make choices. You know, you have the power, a lot of power. You have a lot of power in your choices. God did not take that away from you. When he made you, you were part of the creatures that he gave choices to. So, you have that power. And it is painful, yes, to be seen only as a creature in in relation to man. It is painful to be seen as just one thing when you are a host of other things. It is painful. It's a form of oppression, if especially when it's done intentionally. And it usually is done intentionally sometimes. It's painful. But while you are fighting and complaining about it, you must not forget to define how you want people to see you and you cannot just talk about how you want people to see you you have to be that person and when you actually succeed in becoming that person you have to brag about it (laughs) it's not easy tell them tell even the girls tell the boys to tell the men tell the women if it's easy come and do it okay it is not um a pompous bra is just you actually trying to motivate them to see you as an example and to see your achievement as something they can, you know, take the trip in. They can decide to walk after you. And also, for people who just think that you've got there by luck or whatever, tell them it's not easy. If you think it's easy, go do it. You can make it overnight. Yeah, do it now. <laughs> but always, while you complain and say women are marginalized and all this take the time to figure out who you want to be who you are you know take time to figure out who you are and you can only do that in the bible so that you are not misled of you Mm. opinions about the respective roles of the two sexes are varied greatly they were initially excuse me they were initially devoid of any scientific basis and only reflected social myths it was thought for a long time and it's still and is still thought in some primitive societies based on matrilineal filiations that the father has no part in the child's conception huh huh <laughs> how did the child get there ancestral lover 
were supposed to infiltrate the womb in the form of living germs. Huh? With the advent of patriarchy, the male resolutely claimed his posterity. The, wo- the mother had to be granted a role in procreation. Even though she merely carried and fattened the living seed, the father alone was the creator. It was the creator even though they did not think his sperm was the one that fertilized the, the egg. Ah, madness. So. She merely okay. Aristotle, I'm beginning to like to to like this guy less and less. Aristotle imagined that the fetus was produced by the meeting of the sperm and the menses. Okay, at least he mentioned sperm, the menses. What menses? In this symbiosis, in this symbiosis, women just provided passive material. Why the male principle is strength, activity, movement, and life. Hippocrates' doctrine also recognized two types of seed, a weak or female one and a strong one which was male. You know, this is just a projection of how they saw women. Aristotelian theory was perpetrated throughout the Middle Ages and down to the modern period. In the middle of the 17th century, Harvey, slaughtering female deer, Shortly after they admitted, found vesicles in the uterine horn that the thoughts were eggs. Ah, <laughs> that the, thought, the thoughts were eggs, but they were really embryos. The Danish scientist Steno coined the term ovaries for the female genital gland that had until then been called feminine testicles. <laughs> testicles. And he noted the existence of vesicles on the on their surface that had been erroneously identified as eggs and to which he gave his name the ovary was still regarded as a homologue of the male gland that same year that same year though spermatic animacles were discovered penetrating the anim- the feminine womb but it was thought that they were there for nourishment only and that the individual was already prefigured in them okay so the the sperm came from the woman another scientist declared he had seen the sperm cast off a, a kind of sludge under which there was a little man which he also drew what is going on in this hypothesis, woman merely fattened a living and active and permanently constituted principle. These theories were not universally accepted. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And discussions continued until the 19th century. 19th century? This was in the 18th century? 18th century? Ah. <laughs> I'm exclaiming because it doesn't feel too long ago. Like, even now, though, people can't, they don't know so much like that about the vagina enough to actually carry out some operations. They're still learning. They are still learning. But just imagine the roots of their, of the knowledge. And not the things that they believed about the female sex. They really thought the worst of us. But Aristotle's ideas have not lost all validity. Egal thought the two sexes must be different. One is active and the other passive. And it goes without saying that passivity will be the female's lot. I now have a problem with, by reading this, this whole active, one passive. I have a problem with... um. People who say that femininity is is a calm energy. <laughs> oh, 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 I don't even care about that anymore. I'm not going to engage in arguments like that. Um, and it goes without saying that passivity will be the the female's lot. 
Because of this differentiation, man is thus the active principle, while woman is the passive principle because she resides in a non-developed unity. And even when the ovum was recognized as an active principle, men continued to pit it pit its inertia against the agility of the sperm. Today, there's a tendency to see the contrary. The discovery of parthenogenesis um, have led some scientists to reduce the role of the male to that of a simple physical chemical agent in some species i don't think we shouldn't like make one look stronger if we start to make another one look like if we start to make ourselves look stronger than the and the males we are no better than history and how all the sciences in history have misguided everyone but we can forgive them because they didn't know a lot and they were relying largely on the thoughts that they had about women and they were not particularly good you see how people's thoughts and point of views can influence science and the and the results you get or the interpretation of the results you get so it's not everything you should swallow According to Mendel's statistics law, transmission of hereditary characteristics takes place equally from the father and the mother. What's important to see is that in this meeting, neither garment takes precedence over the other. They both sacrifice their individuality. Yes, they sacrifice their individuality. That makes sense. You know the way God is always telling us to give up ourselves and take himself. It makes a lot of sense. Inside our bodies, that's exactly what happens. Or, yeah, the female body. The egg absorbs the totality of their substance. There are thus two strong current biases that, at least at this basic biological level, prove false. The first one is the female's passivity. The living spark is not enclosed within either of the two garments. That's right. It springs forth from their meeting. The nucleus of the ovum is a vital principle perfectly symmetric to the sperms. The second bias contradicts the first, which does not exclude the fact that they often coexist. That the permanence of the species is guaranteed by the female, since the male principle has an explosive and fleeting existence. Um, in reality, the embryo equally perpetuates the, the germ cells of the father and the mother and retransmits them together to his descendants, sometimes in a male and sometimes in a female form. One might say that an androgynous germ cell survives the individual metamorphosis of the soma from generation to generation okay that being said there are highly interesting secondary differences to be observed between the ovum and the sperm the essential singularity of the ovum is that it, sup- it is supplied with materials destined to nourish and protect the embryo it stocks up on reserves from which the fetus will build its tissues reserves that are not a living substance but an yet uh, I'm not saying that word. Inert, inert material. The result is a massive, relatively voluminous, spherical or ellipsoidal form. The bird's egg's dimensions are well known. The woman's egg measures 0.13 mm, while the human sperm cont- contains six, well, 60,000 sperm per cubic millimeter. Their mass is extremely small. The sperm has a thread-like tail. Everybody knows what that what the sperm looks like, right? I'm going to move on now. Moving on, moving. Smelly cat, smelly cat. What are they feeding you? If you know where that song is from. Hmm. <laughs> The structure of the egg is from Friends. For those of you who don't know, Friends is a show mm, about friends. <laughs> That's what I can tell you. The structure of the egg 
itself does not order this division. The female, like the male, possesses a certain a certain autonomy. And a link with the egg losings. The female fish they're talking about fishes here. Um the most complex and concretely individualized life is found in mammals. The split of the two vital moments, maintaining and creating, takes place definitely in the separation of the sexes. In this branching out and considering vertebrates only, the mother has the closest connection to her offspring, whereas the father is more uninterested. The whole organism of the female is adapted to and determined by the servitude of maternity why the sexual initiation is the prerogative of the male okay the female is the prey of the species for one or two seasons um, depending on the case a whole life is regulated by a sexual cycle this cycle has this cycle has two phases during the first one the over matures and a nidification process occurs in the womb. In the second phase, a fat necrosis is produced, ending in the elimination of the structure. That is a whitish discharge. Women, you know what's it? You know what's it? <laughs> um, they're talking very biological terms there. I'm becoming less and less interested. The, ma- the male's destiny is very different. It has just been shown that in his very surpass in his very surpassing, ah, he separates himself and is conf- and is confirmed in himself. This feature is constant from insects to higher animals. Even fish that live in schools loosely gather within the group, tear themselves away when in heat. They isolate themselves and become aggressive towards other males. While sexuality is immediately for the female, it is indirect in the male. He actively bridges the distance between desire and insatisfaction. He moves, seeks, feels this, the female, caresses her, immobilizes her before penetrating. Wow. The organs for the functions of relation, locomotion, and prehension are often better developed in the male. It is not... It is noteworthy that the active impulsion this is about animals. Can we shift? Aggression is one of the characteristics of the male in heat. It cannot be explained by competition since there are about the same number of females as males. It is rather competitive that it is explained by this combative will. It's as if before procreating, the male claiming as its very own the fact that perpetuate the species, confirms the reality of individuality in his fight against his fellow creatures. The species inhabits inhabits the female and absorbs much of her individual life. The male, by contrast, integrates specific living forces in his individual life. He is undoubtedly also subject to laws that that surpass him. He experiences spermatogenesis and periodic heats but these processes affect the organism as a whole much less than the estrus cycle neither sperm production nor ovogenesis as much is tiring the absorbing job for the female is the development of the egg into an adult creature coitus is a rapid operation that does not reduce the male's vitality it manifests almost no Paternal instincts. He very often. We're still talking about animals here. It's good to look at animals and everything, but they have very different. You know, they cannot bring the kingdom of God. They cannot particularly live and figure out the kingdom of God. They are just programmed. Yeah. They do what they've been asked to do. When things get tough, they move around to figure out how to live better lives. They adapt, they change. Same as human beings though. But not same as human beings. Um okay. 
Only within a human perspective can the female and the male be compared in the human species. But the definition of man is that he is a being who is not given, who makes himself what he is. Man is not a natural species, he is a historical idea. Woman is not a fixed reality, but a becoming. She has... Ah, Michelle Obama's book is titled Becoming. Did she read this book? Woman is not a fixed reality, but a becoming. She has to be compared with man in her becoming. That is, her possibilities have to be defined. Um, what kills the issues so much is that she's being reduced to what she was, to what she is today, while the question concerns her capacities. The fact is that her capacities manifest themselves clearly only when they have been realized. But the fact is also that when one considers a being who is transcendent and surpassing, it is never possible to close the books. Um, did you get that? It seems like men are... Well, not anymore, you know, because we're all... We've gotten... Well, if you're not growing as a Christian, you're still holding on to your... Um, usually toxic masculinity type of wanting respect that you don't deserve um, you are probably not bearing much fruit I, I, in that department maybe you are bearing fruit in other places but in that department you still need to work on things adjust your perspective I'm getting tired uh, I thought this book would teach me a lot of things. I really did. And I like all the fact checking. You know, she gave a lot of facts. Like this one. In Egypt, women's condition was the most favorable. When goddess mothers married, they maintained their standing, social and religious unity in the unity social and religious unity resides in the couple woman is an ally a complement to man a magic is so unthreatening that even the fear of incest is overcome and no differentiation is made between a sister and a spouse she has the same rights as man and same legal power she she inherits and she owns property this uniquely fortunate situation is in no way a facade. It stems from the fact that in ancient Egypt, the land belonged to the king and the higher caste of priests and warriors. For private individuals, landed property was only used to fructuary. The land was inalienable. Inalienable, sorry. Property, I don't know what you so fructuary means. Property, property transmitted by inheritance had little value. And there was no problem about sharing it. I see, I've still not been able to guess what that means. You so fructuary. Because of this absence of personal patrimony, woman maintained the dignity of a person. She married whom she wanted, and as a widow, she could remarry as she wished. The male practiced polygamy, but although all of his children were legitimate, he had only one real wife, the only one associated with religion and linked to him legally. The others were mere slaves, deprived of all rights. The chief wife did not change status by marrying. She remained mistress of her properties, her possessions, and was free to engage in contracts. When the pharaoh Bokoris established private property, Woman's position was too strong to be dislodged. Bokoris opened the era of contracts, and marriage itself be became con contractual. Okay, there were three types of contracts. One dealt with um, several marriage, women being man's thing, but she could specify that he would not have a concubine other than her. Nevertheless, the legal spouse was considered equal to man, and all their property was held in common. The husband would often agree to pay her a sum of money in the case of divorce. Later, this custom led to a type of contract remarkably favorable to women. The husband agreed to absolve her of her debt. 
there were serious punishments for adultery, but divorce was fairly open for the two spouses. The presence of contracts sounded restrained, soundly restrained polygamy. Women got possessions of the wealth and transmitted it to their children, which brought about the creation of a plutocratic class. Yeah, I liked the historical part. Um, you know, and it goes on and on and on. But I think I finally understand the Bible part of it. And I'm glad that I was able to do that because I won't have had the strength and the mental and spiritual clarity to um, bring God into this book. But I'm glad that I spent time praying and submitting myself to the word of God before coming here. I'm such a cute little baby loving Jesus. <laughs> I I hope I encourage you to do the same. Love you. Bye.